0: Hi friends, welcome to the Gritty and Curious podcast. I'm your host, Austin Schlesinger, the founder of Gritty and Curious, and we are on a mission to build the next generation of creators. If you're unfamiliar with what we do, we help people become creators, educators, and entrepreneurs by helping people start their own blogs, vlogs, podcasts, and we do this through our Gritty and Curious community. Here, we give you one-on-one mentorship and guidance and help you immerse yourself in the community of aspiring entrepreneurs like yourself. If you're interested in joining, shoot me a message on LinkedIn. You can find a link to my LinkedIn in the show notes. My guest today is the gritty and curious Raul Rana. Raul is a rising sophomore at Rutgers Business School, double double majoring in bait and finance with a minor in cognitive sciences. He's also the author of Making Moonshots, which is set to publish on December of 2020 by the New Degree Press. Um, in his book, he explores what it takes to make moonshot companies, what a moonshot company is, and he's he's interviewed some really cool people, venture capitalists, billionaires, and plenty of other successful people as well. In this podcast, we talk about how to write a book, the simple process that he's using. He posted a pretty cool plan of how he's breaking down his process of writing the book, and that's how I found him in the first place. Is that this LinkedIn post was trending in the Rutgers community. And I was like, I need to talk to this kid, but we talk about how to write a book, what advice he would give to someone who's looking to start something. What makes a moonshot company? What is a moonshot company? How he gets in contact with these super successful people, billionaires. This is something I was really curious about. I'm like, dude, how are you doing this? I joked with them. I said, you know, you're, you're such an underachiever. Like you're, you're, you're a freshman. You're doing all this stuff. Like I couldn't imagine doing all this stuff as a freshman, but and it's crazy. But anyways, it was a very insightful conversation and I'm very excited to share it with you all. So let's get right into it. Welcome to the Gritty and Curious Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you.
0: So, Raul, how about you just give like a brief introduction by yourself?
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, I am a current, well, just finished my freshman year at Rutgers, uh, studying finance, uh, business analytics, and information technology, and most likely gonna do a cognitive science minor. Um, I'm super interested in, you know, venture capital. That's that's my goal uh, career-wise. And um, I guess a couple of things outside of the school are like I'm a big Yankees fan. I love fashion. I love piano. Um, I love, you know, visiting national parks. A couple of things about me. Um, and yeah, so everything that I've done throughout freshman year, it's really been geared towards, you know, putting myself uh, in a better position to get into the venture capital industry. Like I really do love that, and I really want to pursue that. And so, a couple things that I've done on campus. Um, I'm a writer for the Libor Financial, the, the newsletter for um, the little investment bankers of Rutgers Club. Um, I'm part of Road to Silicon Valley and Road to Wall Street. Um, I and oh, and then I started writing this book, and that's been a really cool process.
0: So just the overall underachiever, doesn't <laughs> not not a go getter at all. Like I, yeah, I was,
1: yeah. I was talking,
0: like what I said before, like. I like can't believe like freshmen are this motivated and engaged. They're just starting off. Like I wish I had that, that motivation, but well, let's just get right into it. You're, yeah. you're writing this book. It's
1: mm-hmm. called making moonshots. What is yeah. it about? Definitely. Yeah. So really there's this one quote that I really believe in. really resonates with me. It's by Alan Kay. He was this famous uh, computer scientist. And he said that the best way to predict the future is to create it. Right. So in that light, My book is called Making Moonshots, and it's going to be a deep dive into the philosophies, mindsets, and strategies that are conducive to building moonshot companies. Now, what qualifies a moonshot company in simple terms, it's really, really impactful deep tech, and deep tech is really like advanced tech, essentially. And to me, it's, you know, these literally like crazy companies that like everyone thought would be impossible to make. And it takes this, you know, sci-fi sounding, super futuristic advanced technology and uses it for a radical solution that solves a really big problem in the world. So for a couple examples, um, there are startups that are saving rainforests. You have AI-powered drug discovery. You have autonomous vehicles. Uh, one of my favorite startups, it's they found a way to control machines using your mind. Like literally, that's part of sci-fi, and they actually made that. Um, you got space startups, and there's this one that really I really like. It uses like zero gravity environments for 3D printing. And there's biotech startups that are trying to make diseases optional. And you have you know another one that's like making internet balloons to um, bring internet connectivity to like developing nations and so forth. So you know, you really have all these like, you know, really grand problems that people are trying to solve and they do so with really advanced technology. And I'm really trying to find like all the best ways that, you know, founders, entrepreneurs are going about doing um, things such as those. And, you know, as a result, my book really delves into themes such as, you know, how to use really advanced technology to solve big problems, you know, how to maximize human potential and how to really create ecosystems for you know, advanced technology and all that good stuff.
0: So it's kind of crazy, the technological strides we've made in the past few years, just from the, you know, the internet boom into artificial intelligence, because Mm -hmm. that's kind of the way I look at things, just like based on what I've read. There's a book that you should definitely check out. I don't know if you've read it before, but it's called The Third Wave and it's by Steve Case who was one of the founders of AOL and right. it's all about like exactly what you're talking about the mm-hmm. next wave of technology and the problems that are going to be solved and just by you rattling off a few of the crazy startups that you're mm-hmm. studying it's mm-hmm. just it's really intriguing and yeah. it catches anybody's eye and it really draws people in mm-hmm. so the next thing i want to ask you is what is your mission
1: for your book? Yeah, definitely. So at the end of the day, I just want to inspire people, you know, I want to make them realize that it's not all that impossible to really change the world and to like be radically creative. And you know, we all have moonshots inside of us. That's like my my vision. And I believe that, you know, it's our purpose, it's our reason why we're here today. But you know, on a personal level, like one person's moonshot may not be, you know, making a huge company and it would be almost counterintuitive to, to like tell everyone to you know, pursue entrepreneurship but what i'm really saying is that like, everyone has this like big task with this big goal inside of them and it will lead them to you know this really fulfilling and like happy life so i'm here to tell them like you know it's really possible and like well within their reach i'm just doing it in light of entrepreneurship and deep tech and everything yeah and
0: so when you're fi- trying to find these moonshots where are yeah. you where are you looking to are you looking for okay this is the problem that could be solved and Mm -hmm. then find the technology and the founders that are solving that issue or is it more so this is the technology and these are the problems
1: that can be solved with the technology what does that process look like um yeah so definitely it's actually a mix of a mix of both um like for in terms of the book um i I really look at like uh, venture capital backed companies because i i do believe like those those are companies that are you know have some sort of sense of credibility and they actually have a you know established mission and they have you know VC funding and everything. So um, I am looking at, um, you know, venture capital portfolio companies because, you know, there's a lot of really cool ones. I mean, my personal favorite is called Lux Capital. And Lux Capital, is they have the same mission as, you know, I do, you know, building the future and inventing the future with sci-fi sounding technologies and all their portfolio companies, like they're doing some crazy stuff. So I've been really looking at, um, at those. And then also there's a lot of, um, there's actually like a lot of like organizations that, you know, emphasize the need for, these really advanced uh, companies and moonshots, such as, you know, one's called Prize, and they're, this, this competition actually, that they incentivize people to make all these like crazy technologies and make these crazy companies for, you know, a grand prize in the end. Um, there's this, uh, another organization called the Knowledge Society and they're teaching people from ages 13 to 17 on how to really be like ambitious, how to be CEOs, like how to be, um, how to make moonshots in, uh, ultimately. so there's a lot of, a lot of these cool organizations and like to find all them, I'm just looking at the broader ecosystem and like then, um, going, going at it like, uh, company by company.
0: Right. And that's like, uh, another thing I want to talk about, is kind of like the research process yeah. for, for finding these companies, you rattled off a few of the, the organizations and the amazing things that they're doing. Yeah. But outside of that, I mean, is there, what kind of books are you reading? Is there any like newsletters you're subscribed to? Mm-hmm. Um, just to keep up with all this stuff because technology changes so fast. Yeah. So
1: like, what are you? What does your research process look like? Where are you looking to find this kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. So um, as I just said, I'm looking at a lot of um, like venture capitalists, like the really, the really um, the venture capitalists that like that invest in all these advanced technologies. I'm looking, you know, reading all their like Twitter feeds and reading their um, newsletters and um, all the organizations I just mentioned. I'm reading, you know, content um, from those um there's one really really good um i guess like website community it's called farnham street i highly recommend that everyone read it like i fully believe that reading that makes you a smarter person absolutely it's all about like better mental models and like decision making skills and all that good stuff and i i would like really recommend like you know like listeners of this podcast to listen to um read read their articles listen to their podcasts too it's really great um and then in terms of like research, I've been interviewing like a lot of people, a lot of really cool people, and then um, getting you know stories and you know other recommendations based off them, and then I go to their network and then their network expand. Like uh, I'm just going through people's networks and researching a lot. And then I guess like when I find a cool company, I um you know read into it, I read, uh, listen to podcasts, and listen to, I read articles from the founders and just get a really good profile of what their company's doing and really, I guess the the valuable thing is like how they're doing, you know, how they're making the impact that they're trying to achieve. And uh, based on that, I found a lot of really cool, um, really cool, like similar patterns and strategies and everything. And I've been writing about those.
0: So in terms of, you know, you mentioned that you're interviewing a lot of founders. Yeah. Who have you interviewed so far and who's kind of, who's on your
1: schedule? What's, what's that look like? Yeah, definitely. So um, in terms of interviews, I've, I just last week actually I got to interview my like literal fa- uh like idol. Like I idolize him so much. His name is Joshua. Wolf. He's a venture capitalist at the um one company I just mentioned, Lux Capital. I love his content. Like I, I read all of his um you know Twitter, all his all I list all his videos, all all the good stuff. So I got to interview him. I got to interview another um deep tech venture capitalist, his name is Brian Bethencourt uh from Babel Ventures on the West Coast. I got to interview Bradley Tusk. He's a um he's a um Venture capitalists at Tusk Ventures. Um, I got to um, interview someone at XPRIZE. XPRIZE is one of the organizations I mentioned that's incentivizing moonshots. Um, and then I'm trying to set up an interview with the one um, the nanotech uh, nanotech company I just mentioned before, because um, you know he's trying to save like 15 million lives yearly due to like you know counterfeit drugs and everything. I think that's a really cool mission. I want to talk to him? And another cool thing is, like, I literally have a billionaire in my emails, so I'm trying to set up a call with him, too, sometime soon, hopefully.
0: Who's the billionaire?
1: His name is Naveen Jain. He uh, founded a bunch of companies, and um, his most most two recent ones. One's called Moon Express, and they're trying to, like, be the first private company to reach the moon and, like, mine for, like, minerals and, like, um, whatever things on the moon. And then his other one's called Viome. I mentioned that before. It's the company that's, you know, trying to make diseases literally optional. So pretty cool pretty cool guy
0: that's crazy yeah, yeah when I saw your I saw your LinkedIn post mm-hmm. this is kind of how I met you I saw your yeah. post and it just kind of blew up like around the Rutgers community yeah. and I was it's like no way like I need to bring this kid on like I <laughs> I was like this is exactly the conversation I want to have so mm-hmm. now Good I want to I kind of want to transition into mm-hmm. you know what's the process of writing a book like like what would you yeah. tell someone that says okay I want to write a book like what what is that what was your plan
1: what, what yeah so i have this one mentor uh you know he's he's mentoring me like throughout the whole book process and what he said was that if i'm not mistaken he said that 98 percent of people who say they want to write a book and who start writing a book they end up giving up and the two percent who make it are the people um are the people who have a community behind you know them writing the book who have like support with with other um, authors other you know mentors other people helping them so <clears throat> uh, he's been my mentor like throughout the entire process and um he's been teaching me you know like how to really how to write a book all the um interviewing you know tactics how to you know structure chapters and like how to um create like really meaningful and also like um uh really interesting stories you know that really hook the reader on and he's been teaching me all this stuff um he set me up with like an editor he set me up with my publishers and i I got a proof to publish that's really cool um and yeah i guess like the process behind writing it it's just that I just want to say that you don't need to be a good writer to write a book. Like I am a horrible writer. Like I hated, you know, AP, you know, AP laying AP lit in high school. Like I was just not a good writer throughout high school. And um, yeah, I'm writing a book as a freshman and it just goes to show that like any, anyone, really anyone can do it. It's just about having a community and having people supporting you throughout the entire process. So it seems like having
0: a mentor has definitely mm-hmm. helped you and that yeah. community. Yeah. How do you, how would someone build that community around them and find a mentor that can keep them on
1: track and hold them accountable? Yeah, definitely. So I just like plug in my mentor. His name is Eric Custer. He's a Georgetown professor. And, um, you know, he has this one program where he, you know, um, that I'm in that he helps, you know, students and whoever uh, write books and anything. But if you don't want to do it through it, like that process, honestly, at the end of the day, it's just finding a group of people who who, like, push you to, like, be really ambitious, who push you to be, like, really passionate in whatever you're interested in, right? There's that quote that, that goes, like, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? If you can make those, you know, this, those five people really ambitious people, like, really people that push you to be, like, do whatever you want and, like, do it well and keep you accountable for it, then at the end of the day, like, that can be your community to, um, you know, uh, to uh, push you to write that book. So it doesn't have to be, you know, any established program. It doesn't have to be um, any, you don't, you don't always need a mentor too. You just need, I think the most important thing is just having that community of like really driven people and doing that. You could, re, I honestly think that like that unlocks like anything at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah. And it's all your network. Like all of the, yeah. it's the people that are around you. And that quote resonates with me because I that's something that I believe in as well. You know, you're Mm -hmm. you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with, whether that be you spending time reading a book and Mm -hmm. like being with the author or like listening to a podcast and you're listening to different voices and absorbing different information in other ways. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't always have to be physical people because that's kind of hard, but (laughs) if you if you're engaging in like an audiobook or you're you find a mentor, there's there's lots of ways to create that average.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah.
0: So what is your schedule like in terms of writing? You're a full-time student mm-hmm. and I mean we're we just finished up school now, but what is your schedule like when you're writing
1: this book? Yeah, definitely. So I guess in terms of like your broader schedule, so I started in January. Um, I'm aiming to have a first draft done by end of June. Uh, I think my pre-sale will begin September-ish, August, September, and then um, oh, hopefully uh, releasing it like officially in December and it being published in December. So, um, and then I guess in terms of like a personal schedule, so this semester I definitely took on a lot that I could, um, a lot more than I could handle. Um, there was many days I was just really burnt out, really stressed out, but, um, I mean like for example like I was a full-time student I was writing this book I worked at um a startup this uh, semester I had a um position and um wrote the Silicon Valley um obviously big part of clubs just spending time with you know friends and having a social life like that's very important to me so it was a lot to handle but at the end of the day like I think that's when I operate like the best when I'm actually like under pressure I think I I, I am the most productive so and that's just like a personal thing so um so like you know having all these things on my plate it actually really pushed me to write like write efficiently and write like of like high quality in like the least amount of time possible. And um I guess like now that quarantine hit, I mean I made the most of it. I, I am I've been writing well trying to write every day. Not not been writing every day, but um definitely trying to keep that momentum going throughout quarantine. And um yeah. It's been pretty good.
0: So what would you tell somebody who wants to start writing a book or wants to start a podcast who's hesitant doesn't know where to
1: start what's the mm-hmm. first step well the first step is to realize that everyone has you know all the most like best writers all the best podcast hosts like they all started somewhere and they all started with the same you know the same um be- being hesitant and uh, you know the same misgivings and at the end of the day like you you have to start somewhere so you might as well start now you know like we're all um well, depending on who the person is, like we're all young, right? And and when um you know relative to like how long like we're all gonna live, and the best time to start is now, you know, no matter what it is, and that's my thing. And you know, I, I am a freshman. Everyone was asking me like, you know, what do you know about you know moonshots and like venture cap and all this stuff. Like as a freshman, and at the end of the day, like I don't have any credibility. Like I don't. I've never founded a company. I've you know never even worked at a at a um you know moonshot company itself, and. Again, it's just that I I really have a really deep passion for, you know, this concept and I want to spread this message and that passion has been just driving me throughout the entire process.
0: Yeah, and it's it's really admirable because there's not many people that take that first step and people are hesitant because it's, especially freshmen or anybody that's starting something new or starting like a new journey, it's because you're never going to be qualified, you're never going to have all the skills, you're never mm-hmm. going to know everything. And yeah. it's, it's understanding that and just getting started. And that's kind mm-hmm. of the the first step. And that's what you mentioned before. Yeah. Um, so what are some resources that have helped you keep yourself organized and kind of mm-hmm. teach yourself how to write a book?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I guess in terms of organization, um, there's this one app I use called Quip. It's like essentially a uh, like, a much better, much better looking Google Drive, but it's just been keeping me really organized on, like, how I, you know, how I write, how I build out chapters, really just, um, I guess, like, outlining my entire book and, like, fulfilling that outline, but then, I guess, um, outside of that, honestly, having just a calendar every day and, like, you know, with my calendar, I, you know, well, the night before every day, um, I, you know, list out, like, everything I have to do, right, and I have, I keep myself accountable to that, and that was, like, the biggest thing, um, I think like the best way to do that is like building habits, like having like a morning routine, having a nightly routine. Just like literally takes maybe five minutes a day total just to build out your day, you know, and keep yourself accountable to that. And at the end of the day, like just building that, doing like a little bit every single day, it just builds a lot more momentum in the long run, and you could do anything based off that.
0: Yeah, it all starts with small wins.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. That's so important. I mean, like. I maybe write 30 minutes a day, maybe like an hour. Well, I try to, again, <laughs> I try to write like a little bit every day, but, you know, just in a couple of months, like I just hit like my 20,000 20, mark and it seemed like I barely wrote anything. And it, 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 like, I never, I never really get too stressed when I, when I was writing because like, I, I purposely like, did it in like small quantities and like, I guess like it's just a lesson on like, I guess like viewing success in like really small increments it makes you a lot more happier. It makes you a lot less stressful. And at the end of the day, the momentum will get you to that grand prize in the end.
0: Exactly. Because when you think of, I'm going to write a book, I'm going to start a blog. It's like, yeah. you want all of, you want this, but yeah. you have to do everything else below that in order yeah. to get, to get there. Right. Yeah. So another thing I want to ask is, mm-hmm. You're conducting these interviews, and there's lots of resources that are going into your book. How are you converting these resources into chapters, words, your thoughts?
1: How are you organizing all of that stuff? Yeah, definitely. So I guess how I said so like how I'm organizing the book. So um, I'm really delving into two, I guess like two overall themes, right? Intangible and tangible. So intangible are like the philosophies, the mindsets, psychologies, all that, um, all that stuff on how to really build you know moonshots all the mindsets that like meant and like mental models that founders like the best founders are using um for example um one's like first principles thinking it's like really delving into the, the problem at hand and not like trying to solve the symptoms of it um another one is you know all about like being like resilient and being anti-fragile which means like you, you like the more pressure you have on you the more stronger you get things like that, all these qualities that, like, we should all develop and everything, I've been, that's, like, an in intangible section, and then I also go into, like, some philosophies, like, like, logotherapy is one that really stands out to me, and what that is, I'm, you know, for a quick aside, so, um, I believe that there is a moral imperative for people to, you know, pursue their moonshots to, or whatever it may be, I'm, obviously, I'm saying it in the context of, you know, companies and moonshot companies, but moonshots can be anything, really, and it's all driven by logotherapy, right, logotherapy is this one, um, philosophy started by Viktor Frankl so Viktor Frankl was this holocaust survivor and um he was also a psychologist and you know after he, he got out of the holocaust um and the year after that and I think it was 1946 he wrote this one book called man's search for meaning and he he are you familiar with it or yeah okay yeah so you know for I guess I'll just like I'll quickly explain it so like at the end of the day what got him out of the holocaust and all the other survivors it was that they had a sense of purpose, a sense of responsibility, and an obligation. This like obsessive obligation to, you know, do whatever they want to, whether it was uh, go back to like a loved one or, you know, get back to their family or do make whatever impact in the world that they seek. And those who passed away, um, not not absolutely, but um, in general, were those who gave up on the on the you know the drive and their and their journey to like uh, go pursue whatever they want to. So in that light, you know using therapy, like, I realized that therapy is, like, really important in creating moonshot companies, because I, I, like I said, like, everyone has that moral imperative, and I want to make that clear to everyone, so that's, like, all in, like, the philosophy section, right? Um, then I go into the my tangible section, tangible section, and that's really the strategies and the broader ecosystem on, like, how we can create moonshot companies. So, um, arrows of progress. So, um, arrows of progress, what that is, is, um, I guess like all technology in the world, they were there. It's all um, you know, innovated on whether it's exponential or incremental on this one on this one uh, you know era of progress. So I can give you one example, and this is all inspired by you know my idol that I mentioned before, Josh Wolf, and he says that you know if you look at um, computers, right. He, he calls this, um, I think it's, he calls it like the half-life of technological intimacy. Some, some like that. I forgot the exact terms, but he said like, you know, we started with like these like computers in like 1950s, 60s or whatever, just like really huge. They took up the size of the room, right? Then we went to personal computers. Then we went to, you know, laptops. Then we went to iPhones. Then we went to, you know, um, technology and our and then we have this, the company I mentioned before, it's called Control Labs and they're controlling technology with their mind. So like, you know, the the gap between technology and us as a human is, is shrinking. And that's like one era of progress that, you know, is re- that along that line, a lot of um, innovations are coming out of it. A lot of venture capital funding is funding that line. And it's a way for venture capitalists to find the best companies to invest in, but also founders to, you know, kind of position their companies and, trying to um if they want to be successful if so they can innovate along that line it's just a good indicator of success so yeah strategy is just that and i guess like and then last part of the whole intangible section is like the ecosystem part so um i'm really delving into you know what the government can do to spur more moonshots. shots what we can do on an educational level to spur more moonshots. shots and um and at the end i just like building this whole environment around you know moonshots and then you have the government and you have journalism and the media you have research institutions and universities and um all the whole ecosystem together how we could like really maximize the potential of that
0: so you have tangible moonshots and intangible right so there's this two spectrum right i'm getting that right
1: well i guess like in the process of making moon shots, like what are the intangible like strategy oh sorry intangible like you know mindsets and philosophies that are really that are really help founders do the things that they do and what are like tangible like, strategies like the actual actions they the moonshot. gotcha mm-hmm. so you mentioned like
0: moonshots in the capacity of um universities institutions government yeah. business
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and we talked about this before personal moonshots so everybody yeah. has like an inner desire to feel important and to do something amazing yeah. What would you tell people who are looking for their their moonshot, and mm-hmm. what would you, where where do they turn, and what are they, what are the next steps to kind of birthing that idea? Because yeah. a lot of people are, it's hard to figure that out. So yeah. what, what do you I, think?
1: Yeah. So, like I said before, I do believe that there is a moral imperative for everyone you know, to pursue their moonshot, and I guess in terms of how to find it, it all comes down to, I guess. You know, we live in a world where there's so much, so much noise, right? So many signals, so much noise, and we have we have to take the first step to block all societal pressures, right? Don't pursue like what's like sexy, what's like you know shiny and everything. Whether like if you want in the context of like tech and like business, maybe forego the, the process of you know pursuing investment banking or you know working at like, Google or Facebook or Amazon, like all these big companies, right? Instead of pursuing you know your your startup idea or you know something that's more risky but something that's you're more passionate about i do see like a lot of people they they're driven by you know money they're driven by you know the social status of working at you know such a big company such a prestigious company and they're foregoing you know the like something they're really passionate about i've just seen a lot of people do that and so i think that's the first step just blocking every all these societal pressures you know blocking what you see on social media blocking all this external um i guess like um now, like I said, like pressures and everything, and like really focusing and really asking yourself, being like, what, do I, what makes me happy? What makes me fulfilled? What do I wanna do? What kind of impact do I wanna see on the world? And that's like the first step. You know, once you can, I guess, like get that mindset, then it's just um, all about exploration, right? Really exploring what are those things that, you know, make you happy, make you fulfilled, so forth. And if you could find that, just being extremely bold, being extremely ambitious within that area, you could do it you could really do anything because like i really do believe that you know, like, all you need is passion and you could do great things out of that i mean i can you i can give you the example of like myself like back in um I, all right so for another brief story so um back in last year so senior year of high school right the biggest i guess like the biggest like i i want to i'll say tragedy it's not really tragedy because obviously people have been gone through worse things but like the biggest i guess like impact in or sorry the biggest, like, I guess, like, turning point in my life was that, like, you know, I applied, I was, like, um this, like, really, like, hard worker in, in high school, right, worked hard with the end goal of getting into, like, a really good college, a really prestigious, like, Ivy League, whatever, so applying, I applied to, I think, over, a little bit over 15 schools, I think, like, 17 schools, and 14 of them were my dream schools, and straight 14 rejections, and at the end of the day, like, I was just, like, so, like, I was, like, you know, I went into the slump, I was so sad, so depressed, whatever, whatever, but, I realized after that, like, I don't need, you know, what society tells me is a good school, right? I don't need what um, everyone thinks is a good school. I don't need this like so-called prestige of a school to like pursue what I want to pursue. And so, you know, happily came to Rutgers, yeah. and turns out Rutgers is absolutely the absolute best decision of my life. I love it here. And, um, you know, despite me not having maybe the resources that Ivy League kids have, you know, or the uh, or the you know the mentorship or the network or whatever, I'm I'm making that for myself because. In light of venture capital, like, I'm, I'm speaking to this in terms of venture capital, because I realized, you know, like, I don't need either the resource or whatever to pursue venture capital specifically, and it's just something I'm passionate about, so I was just, like, why not do something bold, and I'm here today writing a book on it. So, at the end of the day, it's just having the energy, having the ambition to um, pursue what you, what, you know, through the, what you realize through the exploration phase that really makes you happy and fulfilled at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and there's, I was in the same exact boat. I. Yeah. I had my, I applied to 22 schools. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I haven't, I haven't told someone that in a while. Yeah. But I, I applied to 22 schools. I was the, do you have um, siblings?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Do you have older, older siblings or younger yeah, two siblings? Older siblings? Yeah, older siblings. Older siblings? Okay, mm-hmm. so I was the, I'm the oldest sibling. And mm-hmm. my parents, every single time they saw like free application, they're like, awesome, oh, you have to apply. So I applied to every place that gave me a free application. Mm-hmm. So that's how my my thing went up. But anyway, I had ambitions to go to great universities as well. Yeah. Long story short, didn't same thing as you didn't get into any of my number one schools and ended up mm-hmm. going to Rutgers and I absolutely love it. And yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, you're doing great things. Like I'm happy with what Rutgers has done for me. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're all headed towards the same place and Rutgers is just, going up and like the yeah, yeah. value of everybody's degree is slowly increasing mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting
1: to see yeah I mean I could speak on that for a little bit like I think the value of Rutgers that not many people see and mo- most people see it as a disadvantage I see it as, as an advantage but Rutgers is a blank slate right we're a little bit good at everything and so football though <laughs> <laughs> but you know like just in general like in i guess in terms of like academics we're a little bit good in everything we have a little like little like you know network in every single industry possible and it really is a blank slate so you know i'm all about turning your disadvantages into advantages like you know like i did with colleges and whatever and you know ruckers like to take it you you could easily take advantage of everything that there is but it, it really is a blank slate and that gives you this opportunity to i guess like be a leader on campus in whatever field you want to be. And um, I guess, like, really, you have the power to, like, make a change. Like, in terms of, like, you know, like, 2020, like, this time at Rutgers, and maybe it's different in the future. Maybe it has been different in the past. But current, in current times, like, it's a blank slate, and it's open for anyone to, like, pursue whatever they want to. Exactly. And that's what yeah. I love about it. I spoke
0: with, his name's Professor Fraser, and mm-hmm. he, he's involved with the MBA program the other day. And we spoke about the grit of Rutgers. Like if there's one yeah. word to describe Rutgers, like it's it's great.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah.
0: Everybody's trying to improve and get an mm-hmm. edge on everything. And there's so much opportunity here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I want to go back to your book and yeah. the, the concept of um, just like putting something together. And yeah. um, specifically, what books have you read that have inspired you to start creating and writing your own book. In yeah, short, that, what what are some of your your favorite books?
1: Yeah. So I guess to <laughs> preface this is my answer, so I my biggest regret in high school was not reading I not read for pleasure in high school, and I really really wish I did. Now, now that I'm writing a book, I really wish I did. So all the things, all like the most like impactful things I've ever read they were actually not books but they're rather like you know blog posts from like all the people I look up to their you know their podcast episodes and their videos and all these interviews that's the that's like the most um the, that's been like the most like impactful um like information and content that I've been taking in and in terms of books um that there's just like so many I mean I've never really finished books I, I like to like you know, skim to them and, like, read the best parts and, you know, find, like, the, really, like, the the core of, like, what their mission and what they're, you know, what they're really talking about. So, I mean, like, I could name one. Like, one is called, like, AI Superpowers. It's about, like, you know, China and the race for AI and really interesting. Um, Off the top of my head, oh, there's another one called Originals by Adam Grant and it's really, like, what are the qualities, like, of, of like, people who are, like, original, like, genuinely original throughout history and that's been a really cool book. Um, yeah, reading, like, um, and, like, um, I, I realize, you know, when I'm, like, writing about Moon and whatever, like, and also, well, a lot of, like, my idols and everyone, that they have said, too, that, like, instead of, like, reading, you know, every other business book, every other self-help book, like, really important thing is to read sci-fi, like, sci-fi, like, it, or, or just, like, fiction in general, but just, like, sci-fi specifically for, like, you know, the context of my book, like, that unlocks everything, because at the end of the day, right, like, sci-fi artists, they're writing their, their writing and their, you know, thought process, it has no constraints, right, like they're writing most imaginative things, most like, creative things, and that's exactly what a mood job is, mood are super imaginative, super radically, like, creative, and so forth, and um, they, at the end, of it, it's like, I see, like, a lot of parallels between the two, you know, sci-fi and entrepreneurship in general, so I've been not reading a lot of sci-fi books, I haven't had the time to do so, but reading, like, a lot, a lot about the sci-fi industry a lot of the biggest players and so forth and in the lessons and that they teach throughout their books
0: so yeah awesome and that's that's something that like i i haven't done like from like reading from a Mm sci-fi reading any sci-fi books but it's something that can definitely give you some good exposure to what's in the pipeline because a lot of Mm -hmm. the things that you would read about like sci-fi stuff that you read about is so so crazy and so out yeah. there that mm-hmm. it's it just gets you thinking in that way.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it, it gets you thinking of moonshots. Yeah. It, it's all about just like having like really like thought provoking content and reading all that. Like there's so many moonshots that are like directly like inspired by sci fi. Like the founders have like, you know, had, like explicitly admitted that they're being inspired by like there's one really cool company. It's called auras Health and they've they've you know developed a way for like robotic surgery right and it's all controlled by a little like game it looks like a like an xbox controller or something and it was directly inspired by this one Star Wars scene you know when um i think i think it was like luke skywalker like, he has like arm ripped off or something like that and he like had like i don't know if you like seen the movies but he had like a robot doing surgery on his arm and it was, like that's really inspired the founders and they went to literally like it was i think it was that company sold for like six billion to johnson johnson something like that. It was a really successful company um you have, like, other companies, like, even, like, Apple, for example, right? Um, I think it was in the movie 2001 Space Odyssey. Like, they had these, like, tablet-looking things, and it was, it was like, d- like an iPad, like, directly resembles it. And, like, like, Star Trek or something, they had, you know, like, they had, like, video conferencing or whatever. We have FaceTime now. It's, so, like, all these, like, really cool, really, like, crazy like, products and companies that are all, like, there's, like, a lot of ties that they have to, like, past, like, you know, sci-fi works and of the past and everything
0: yeah it's crazy like the one thing i think of is like star trek yeah and like some of the technology they they use there and i was never like a big star trek guy but i just from watching the clips like that's Mm -hmm. it's futuristic yeah and it's introducing things that people could have never thought of like another Mm -hmm. thing like the jetsons like the the cartoon and you know the jetsons
1: no i'm not familiar no
0: it's uh it used to be on cartoon network but it's Mm -hmm. it's all like flying cars and the technology that we see today and I haven't seen yeah. it forever but that's just what I think <laughs> of when I think of like sci-fi futuristic yeah and stuff to that nature
1: yeah absolutely yeah yeah
0: so Raul just reiterate what what your process is with like releasing moonshots and like when can people get their hands on this thing
1: yeah so um oh yeah so as I said so like september august ish like that's when i'm gonna probably start the pre-sale that's been really cool Um, really trying to like grind so i can get that um you know meet that milestone and then december hopefully um i'll be pub- like if all goes as planned i'll be publishing in december and uh, after that like i have no clue what's gonna happen i will see B- book signings bro i mean yeah that's, that's <laughs> I, like, I hope like if this if this book could like like actually like actually like, be impactful for people like actually like like hopefully like inspire them. Like I do hope that like that at the end of the day like that's my goal. Like if I can inspire just one more moonshot, whether it be a company or otherwise, like I know my job is done. So yeah, we'll see.
0: <laughs> well do I gotta say you've definitely inspired me to you know think about moonshots and to mm-hmm. start reading about like the, the new potential technologies that are out there and learn yeah. more about what's going on. Um, if anybody wants to learn more about moonshots or Reach out to you and talk to you about what you're doing. What's a good way to connect with you? Yeah, definitely. So
1: I mean, my, I mean, like, all right. So like, LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on, you know, Instagram, uh, obviously. And my my email. Like, I could like maybe if you want to like post my email, I'm obviously open to reaching out. Um, people reaching me through that. But, like, honestly, like, I'm super open to meeting everyone. Like, one thing I've realized is that like, no matter like, like one thing I realized is that just like, no matter like who anyone is. At the end of the day, like they could be the person, they, you know, they could be the next Bill Gates, they could be the next Mark Zuckerberg. So there's like I, I'm open to meeting anyone. Like I love meeting everyone, and no matter what their background is, and I I do believe that everyone has you know some potential value in them, and like it just has to be unlocked. So I'm, I'm always willing to help anyone out.
0: Well, that's awesome. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate
1: you coming on. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me.